Acts 25. Three days after arriving in the province, Festus went up from Caesarea to Jerusalem, where the chief priests and the Jewish leaders appeared before him and presented the charges against Paul. They requested Festus, as a favor to them, to have Paul transferred to Jerusalem, for they were preparing an ambush to kill him along the way. Festus answered, Paul is being held at Caesarea, and I myself am going there soon. Let some of your leaders come with me, and if the man has done anything wrong, they can press charges against him there. After spending eight or ten days with them, Festus went down to Caesarea. The next day he convened the court and ordered that Paul be brought before him. When Paul came in, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him. They brought many serious charges against him, but they could not prove them. Then Paul made his defense. I have done nothing wrong against the Jewish law or against the temple or against Caesar. Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, said to Paul, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and stand trial before me there on these charges? Paul answered, I am now standing before Caesar's court, where I ought to be tried. I have not done any wrong to the Jews, as you yourself know very well. If, however, I am guilty of doing anything deserving death, I do not refuse to die. But if the charges brought against me by these Jews are not true, no one has the right to hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. After Festus had conferred with his counsel, he declared, You have appealed to Caesar. To Caesar you will go. A few days later, King Agrippa and Bernice arrived at Caesarea to pay their respects to Festus. Since they were spending many days there, Festus discussed Paul's case with the king. He said, There's a man here whom Felix left as a prisoner. When I went to Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews brought charges against him and asked that he be condemned. I told them that it is not the Roman custom to hand over anyone before they have faced their accusers and have had an opportunity to defend themselves against the charges. When they came here with me, I did not delay the case, but convened the court the next day and ordered the man to be brought in. When his accusers got up to speak, they did not charge him with any of the crimes I had expected. Instead, they had some points of dispute with him about their own religion and about a dead man named Jesus who Paul claimed was alive. I was at a loss on how to investigate such matters, so I asked if he would be willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial there on these charges. But when Paul made his appeal to be held over for the emperor's decision, I ordered him held until I could send him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I would like to hear this man myself. He replied, Tomorrow you will hear him. The next day Agrippa and Bernice came with great pomp and entered the audience room with the high-ranking military officers and the prominent men of the city. At the command of Festus, Paul was brought in. Festus said, King Agrippa, and all who are present with us, you see this man. 
The whole Jewish community has petitioned me about him in Jerusalem and here in Caesarea, shouting that he ought not to live any longer. I found he'd done nothing deserving of death, but because he made his appeal to the emperor, I decided to send him to Rome. But I have nothing definite to write to his majesty about him. Therefore I have brought him before all of you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that as a result of this investigation, I may have something to write. For I think it is unreasonable to send a prisoner on to Rome without specifying the charges against him. Today's devotion is written by Katie Elam and read by Gail Race. Paul has been a prisoner since the rule of Felix, and the chief priests and Jewish leaders are still desperately plotting to get Paul killed. They bring charges against Paul to Festus the governor, but Festus struggles to write anything bad about him. One thing that stands out about this passage is Paul's boldness. Paul has been imprisoned for two years since his last trial and has had time to think and pray about what he might say in front of the authorities. In verse 10, Paul declares his innocence to Festus and then makes a bold move, appealing to be tried by Caesar. He knows his rights as a Roman citizen for a fair trial and also knows that if Festus hands him over to be tried by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem, then the outcome could look very different. In the West, we don't often find ourselves in extreme life and death circumstances like Paul. We may, however, face tricky circumstances where we're accused of something we didn't do and be fearful of what others may say. It's clear that it's Paul's act of courage in speaking out which saves him. Paul's boldness demonstrates that he is confident about who he is called to be and what he is called to do. We know that Paul is convinced he will make it to Rome from Jesus speaking in chapter 23, verse 11. Are there circumstances in which you are aware that God is asking you to speak boldly? Welcome the Holy Spirit into your heart in this moment. Let him draw you to Jesus. Reflect on Paul's boldness in this situation. The very fact that he was a prisoner and speaking to officials and making demands was audacious and meant he was sticking his neck out. However, being sent to be tried in Jerusalem probably wouldn't have ended well for him either. Where did Paul's boldness and certainty that God was with him come from? Allow the Holy Spirit to show you how to become more certain of who you are in him and who he has called you to be.
Let's finish with prayer. Thank you, Jesus, that knowing who I am in you makes me bold. Help me to understand more fully who you say I am and empower me to speak out with boldness when you are asking me to.